Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Block Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind. A mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice. Fantasy picks to click and flick. The latest NFL news and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody, and welcome to the NFL 2021 cut-down date. Yep, the turf's in full effect today. More than 800 NFL players had their dreams dashed. Well, some people will be, some of these players will be signed elsewhere or come back to their teams. But for right now, we've got about 1,600 plus players that are very happy to be on an initial roster in the NFL as we start the 2021 season. And we'll see where it goes from there. Lots to talk about today. My name is Michael Mazurek, and I'm host, uh, co host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. And my co host, my very good friend, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, sir. Very well. We've got a little bit of storm action going on in the Midwest here, residual from the hurricane down south. So shout out to all of our listeners down in New Orleans and other parts of the Gulf Coast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're safe. And I hope we can give you something more positive to think about for the next uh, half hour. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that most of the people down there are not listening to us live right now because there's no, no electricity going on down there. But, uh, you know, a football kind of takes a backseat to real-life events like this. People have lost their homes and all, and we do wish everyone the very best and stay safe out there, people, especially with, with COVID still running rampant. Well, anyway, let's get right to the uh, news and notes, and there's a lot to talk about. This This show might run almost 45 minutes today. Oh, that's cool with us. we got lots to talk about. The first thing, of course, that happened over the weekend, a very uh, unfortunate uh Injury that happened to running back J.K. Dobbins of the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, torn ACL looked like an extend, hyperextension of his knee and led to a, a torn ACL. He's gone for the season, so it looks like Gus Edwards' next man up is going to end up starting there. Uh, they've got Justice Hill and Tyson Williams behind him, the second-year undrafted uh, player. So uh, how does this impact uh, your view of the running back uh, situation in Baltimore, and what, what do fantasy owners do? Do they target Gus? Do they avoid him? What's your take, Chris? Uh, no, I think you definitely target Gus. And we'll talk a little bit more about him in our sleepers and creepers uh, coming up. But uh, I think you definitely want to target Gus. He's a safe pick for him. He's a quality running back, and he's proven that when he's had the opportunity to start at the end of a couple seasons ago and then in spot duty last year. Um, the guy that I'm, I'm kind of intrigued by is Justice Hill. I think in PPR leagues, um, he might serve the third down uh, role because he's you know far better receiver, a little speedier than Gus Edwards. So he might be a guy to keep on your radar, especially in late round, last round, uh, as a guy that uh, could have some some PPR value if he you know takes over that third down role pretty pretty significantly. Okay, 
Uh, moving over to uh, the quarterback position, uh, big news today. Uh, woke up this morning and saw that uh, the Patriots had uh, released Cam Newton. They're going with rookie Mac Jones right out of the gate. Uh, what's your thoughts on that, Chris? Is that the right move, and how does this uh, play out for fantasy? Uh, I, whether it's the right move or not, I don't know, but it's definitely a shocking move. Uh, there was no indication this was coming. Bel- Belichick had mentioned he was his starter. He, he had used him like a starter in preseason, and frankly, Cam did nothing to lose the job on the field. Uh, his practice work and his game work was, was more than good enough to hold off the rookie. Um, my gut feeling is that this is more to do with the, the COVID situation. Um, he's had a couple of COVID times incidents already in his year and a half there, which have kept him off the field. And with the very draconian measures for non-vaccinated players, and he is a non-vaccinated player, um, it basically just puts the team in a position where they cannot rely on you as much as possible. And I think that's what drove Belichick to make this choice uh, as much as anything on the field. Uh, That's really what's going to impact a lot of teams. I mean, we're seeing in Indianapolis right now with Carson Wentz and uh, Quentin Nelson and Zach Paschal all being on the COVID list because they're all unvaccinated, so they're out of practice for five days. And that's going to be a real uh, issue going forward, especially at the quarterback position, which could cause roster bubble guys to lose their job or could really change who you're going to rely on and depend on going forward. Yep. Now, what's your take on Mac Jones? Is, uh, is he a QB3? Uh, could he be a QB2 for fantasy? What do you think? I think so. I think he's going to be a, a very good game manager. Out of the base. I think he's a quality, intelligent quarterback, but he's just going to give you fantasy production. They're not going to throw the ball around a lot. They, they, they got better receivers this year, but not good receivers. They're going to run the ball. He's going to do some dinks and dunks and, and, and not make mistakes. And he's not going to give you the running potential that Cam Newton was going to. So from a fantasy perspective, I think it really makes the quarterback situation far worse. I thought Cam Newton was a high upside three that you wanted to target late in your draft, as we talked about before. But I, I just can't see Mac Jones being roster worthy, except in like 14 or bigger team leagues as a, as a low end number two. I just don't think he's going to have fantasy productivity, even though he's going to be, I believe, a, a decent uh, NFL quarterback right out of the gate. Okay. Well, well, word kind of came out, and not officially from Sean Payton, but it's it's very clear that uh, everybody else that they talked to around the team that uh, Jameis Winston is going to start uh, for the New Orleans Saints. And, of course, just today uh, the new head coach for the Eagles announced that Jalen Hurts is going to start. No no big surprise there. So it's going to be interesting to see what Winston and Hurts can do for their respective teams uh, entering 2021. Uh, over on uh, – back to the running back position, the uh, Los Angeles Rams, of course, they had lost Cam Akers earlier in the preseason uh, looking for a boost at uh, running back, and they went to the New England, New England Patriots and they acquired Sonny Michel there. So it looks like he's going to back up or maybe be a 1B to 1A to Daryl Henderson there. Uh, what's your take on Sonny Michel being a Ram, Chris? Yeah, that's, that's interesting to me. Again, we're going to talk a little bit more about him in the Sleep Vision Creepers as well, too. But uh, I think this is interesting. He's going to have a, an ADP of about 8 to 10 rounds behind Daryl Henderson. Even with this news, Henderson's still going in the fifth, maybe sixth round in many drafts. Um, Return on investment, he's going to be much better because I actually think he's going to get a split. It's going to be an RBBC uh, going forward. And of the two, I think he has the more p- better potential to, to take over uh, a larger share of the RBBC, even though, again, he's being drafted in fantasy way behind him and he's got some catching up to do with the offense. So he intrigues me. He's much more of a kind of back. He's much more of a Cam Akers back than, than Daryl Henderson is. So I think that uh, t- that offense is going to, be sort of favor his style of running a little bit more, but he's got to get up to speed first. 
Okay. Uh, well, there's some kicking notes here before we get to the short list of injuries uh, entering week one here. Um, uh, well, first of all, John Brown, Smoke Brown, gone from the Raiders here just down the road. They released him. They said He said that uh, he asked for his release. I'm not quite sure about that because he was playing in the, in the third preseason game a lot. Uh, and he had not been playing with any of the starters. So, anyway, John Brown, you can scratch him off your draft list. Let's see. The Lions, the Detroit Lions cut both their kickers, uh, uh, Zane Gonzalez and um, – uh, the other guy, I can't even remember his name. <laughs> Randy Bullock. Anyway, Randy Bullock. Yes, that's right. Don't draft a Lions kicker right now. And the Patriots cut Nick Falk for their rookie there, and the Panthers cut Joey Sly for a player that they acquired from the Giants, Ryan Santoso. I believe that's how his name is spelled. Oh, and I just heard uh, that I believe the Chargers cut Money Badger, <laughs> you know, Mike Badgley, a very inconsistent kicker last year, so I'm not quite sure uh, – going to uh, verify that. I believe that's what has been, what's been reported online. I'm not quite sure what they're going with in that, but a lot of these teams, uh, there's there's many kickers, people. Top 10 kickers, you can wait until almost the very end of the draft. We Chris Reed wrote an article about it, and, and I, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it now, because you, these guys, these other teams are very questionable middle-round kickers and all. Uh, you know, the, the, from like 12 to 20, uh, they're not keeping their jobs. So let's just move on from there. Anyway, let's get to right to the injuries. Uh, the good news on Dak Prescott, he's going to be full go ready for week one. Jerry Jones said that, and also he's been practicing fully. No problems with the arm at all. Now, Carson Wentz apparently is still on track to play week one. Has anything changed there? Or, or of course, we're watching the COVID situation, but uh, uh, Chris, what's the, what's the latest on Wentz? Yeah, from a health perspective, from a foot perspective, he's, he's fine. He's been able to respond to everything. He had the one day of 11 on 11s before he got put back on the COVID list. Uh, the big thing is he's going to lose some of that timing and some of that, uh, some of that familiarity with the rest of the personnel in 11 on 11 drills by having to sit out for these five days because of being a close contact. He also lost T.Y. Hilton for at least the first part yeah. of the season, which is the one receiver he was really clicking with. So um, I don't think anyone was leaning on Carson Wentz for fantasy anyway, but he is – I don't see any reason why he will not start week one barring something unrelated to his foot like the COVID situation. You give a quick update on T.Y. Hilton. He's got a, a neck uh, disc issue there, and it's uh, kind of a touchy situation, complicated. Uh, he's not going to play early in the season. Might uh, might that might drag all the way into and through the season. Uh, you know, so in other words, uh, you might want to scratch T.Y. Hilton off your draft board there. Uh, running back DeAndre Swift in, in Detroit returned to practice, looked good, but Dan Campbell is still uns- concerned about his Week One status. So if you draft uh, DeAndre Swift, you better draft him as an RB three than an RB two. Uh, there's there's some issues there with the injury history, of course. And, of course, Daryl Henderson with a thumb, he's still expected to play week one, but, you know, it just probably depends on how fast they can get Sonny Michelle up to speed. It could be, could be an early RBBC there, and then, you know, they'll go with the hot hand. could be kind of a mess. Uh, over in the wide receiver position, Kenny Galladay of the hamstring, still not practicing with the Giants. Uh, they hope to have him for week one, uh, kind of an iffy situation there. I'm avoiding him in drafts this, this summer. And that goes also the same for the next guy, Marquise Brown in Baltimore with a hamstring, although he returned to practice. He's, uh, they're uncertain whether he'll be able to play in week one. It's, it's just a big mess there. Uh, moving to the tie end position, big news was, was uh, Minnesota. Irv Smith has to have uh, meniscus surgery on his knee, and he's going to miss the start of the season. That could also uh, go anywhere from early uh, couple of games to a month to possibly the entire season. So, uh, in fact, the Vikings just traded for Jets 
underperforming tight end Chris Herndon, uh, and they've also got Tyler Conklin coming back off an injury, although he sees special to play week one. So they're going to tight end BC, you know, by committee uh, for early in the season, and uh, so you might want to downgrade Irv Smith in your in your uh, in your draft list. We've already downgraded him in our rankings for our premium subscribers. Hunter Henry with a shoulder still missing practice for the Patriots. Adam Troutman, that he got kind of got the news there, uh, one to three weeks last week, so he may be able to play with a foot ankle injury week one. The question is. Are they going to throw to him? They haven't been doing it in the preseason, so I'm kind of avoiding him there. Moved him from my sleeper list to my creeper list, so you know that's 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 where I'm going in there. And uh, anyway, we'll be right back with the, after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim... Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, uh, first of all, we want to always urge people to go to our website, ffmastermind.com, and I also want to mention, I would be remiss, and I didn't mention them at the start of the show today, but our longtime sponsor, uh, FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship, go to myffpc.com. They've got leagues that start at as low as $35, 77 150 $500, all the way up to the main event, which is $1,900, but you have a chance to win $500,000. I've been playing in this event for 12 straight years, <clears throat> and I've been fortunate enough to win nearly $30,000 in the past seven years. Uh, I've, I've placed a team in the playoffs and won money in five of those seven years. The last year missed because of injuries, but, you know, that's the way it goes. Anyway, these guys pay out on time, lots of fun. You can draft out here in the main event in Las Vegas on the Strip if you'd like, or because of COVID, you want to stay at home, you can draft right in the uh, uh, comforts of your own uh, Internet uh, office <laughs> on your computer, and no problems there. Anyway, we're still uh, pumping out free information every day on our website, ffmastermind.com, including our free NFL Quick Bits feature, tracking everything, and, of course, free offering free Eye in the Sky scan reports, just finishing up our second uh, scouting reports from our scouts in August, the preseason. Then we go weekly from here on out. Of course, Chris Rito here covers the Colts for us. And, of course, we've uh, updated our master's list, customizable cheat sheets, our MCP board, our executive draft master software multiple times over the past week, and we're going to be doing an update right after the show tonight uh, to take into account the Cam Newton release and, and, and a whole bunch of kicker moves and such. Uh, and, of course, version six of our preseason draft out was released last Friday. 29 articles, uh, 548 pages. We're going to do one last update, including our, our most famous and, and the most uh, interesting players in their contract year. John Cooney's going to take a look at everybody in their contract year, let you know who's motivated to play well this year and who just got fat contract and might be you know, not, not pushing it. <laughs> anyway, the price for our draft guide is 1995. And, of course, 
our premium summer race, the Pro Bowl package, which is our guide, and our weekly newsletters together uh, is $49.95. And if you want to throw in the drafting software, Executive Draft Master, that's $59.95. And, of course, follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. All right. Uh, this is a uh, famous creeper, Sleepers and Creepers show. So we're each going to offer two sleepers and creepers at each of the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end positions. Uh, to, we try to try to offer guys that we've not talked about yet on the show over the past month or so. But if I do mention the same guy once or twice, you'll have to excuse me. At least you're going to get an updated take on it. Anyway, let's go right to the quick uh, the uh, quarterback sleepers. Give me a couple, Chris, and uh, and why they are sleepers. Uh, I like Jameis Winston. I mean, if listeners of the earlier podcast will know I've been saying all year he's going to win this job. Uh, now that he's a starter, I think you need to think long and hard about him as a fantasy number two with some low-end number one upside. Everyone wants to talk about his 30 interceptions the last season he started in 2019, but everyone seems to forget that he also threw for 5,100 yards and 33 touchdowns that year. Um, even in leagues that penalize interceptions, he was still top three, three to five overall. So that, that's pretty darn good production. Sean Payton's going to coach the heck out of him. He's got some decent weapons, especially when Thomas gets back, and he should be a solid producer with some weekly upside. Um, a guy you can get even late in your, later in your draft is Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, the Denver passing game and the receiving options struggled a bit last year due to inaccuracy and turnovers. Uh, Bridgewater's been amongst the best in the NFL the last few years in avoiding both of these. Um, he does have a conservative coach and a good defense, but he also has the best receiving help he's ever had in his career by far right now. I can see Bridgewater being a great last-round best ball quarterback and a solid matchup-dependent number two that you can get in the last round of your draft. He also knows the offense very well from his days with Pat Shermer in Minnesota. Okay. A couple of guys I like uh, later in the draft, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, and then not surprising, I've already mentioned him uh, a couple times. Uh, it's interesting that the Dolphins have an interest in Deshaun Watson, but it looks like the price is too high there, and the Texans are willing to sit him inactive every day uh, of the year. So uh, Tua's going to have his uh, group of guys down there in, uh, in Miami. I think he's going to take a step forward, uh, be more aggressive on the field. He's going to put up at least uh, QB2 numbers, and the best of all is that he's, he's uh, going Late, late in the draft, you know, around anywhere from 13 to 16 round and 12 team draft. So you can take your time and uh, focus on your on a good quality starter and then take two for his upside. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick's being overlooked too because uh, people think he's not going to be the starter for long. But it's interesting they talked to Ron Rivera up in Washington and they said, "Hey, are you have any interest in uh, Cam Newton? That he's popped up on the radar." And I goes, "Yeah, of course we looked at him." But you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's our starting quarterback. So there you go. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a starter there. He's got uh, guys to work with. Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas, uh, and of course uh, J.D. McKissick. They're going to throw more to Antonio Gibson, and they got other guys there too. Um, Diami Brown, the rookie. So I unlike Patrick as a QB two that you can have late in your draft. A couple of guys I don't like two creep, creepers for me. Uh, Baker Mayfield in, in Cleveland. Not that he's going to have a good a bad season. I just think that he's going to uh, produce probably most weeks in the teens for your uh, for your uh, fantasy team, and that's not good. You don't want 17, 18, 19 from your team. You want 24-plus, and this is a heavy run-oriented uh, offense. Uh, Mayfield probably not going to make many mistakes, uh, but they, they love to run Chubb and Hunt. And uh, OBJ, you know, he'll make some plays here and there, 
but the bottom line is that they're going to make most of their production on the ground there, so I'm kind of avoiding him. little upside. And, of course, Carson Wentz, we already mentioned him, but because, uh, you know, he's got the foot, and then, of course, the COVID issues, uh, he hadn't had time to, to develop chemistry. He just lost to T.Y. Hilton. Michael Pittman should help out a little bit, maybe to get Paris Campbell more involved, uh, but, you know, uh, this this team is probably going to make most of their uh, offensive grounds uh, through John pa- Jonathan Taylor's feet. So I would avoid uh, Carson Wentz if you can. Uh, how about a couple of creepers, a quarterback for you, Chris? Uh, yeah, I'll start with Jalen Hurts. Um, I was already a little bit down on Hurts being as valuable a fantasy player as he was at the end of last season. Uh, and the longstanding rumors of the Eagles' interest in Deshaun Watson, who you mentioned earlier, made me a little bit wary of the support he really had from the front office and the new head coach. And this week when they traded for Gardner Minshew, it really has me wondering if the Eagles are as sold on him as the fantasy world seems to be. Um, I would not be surprised if at any sign of struggle for the Eagles that they don't have a short leash on Hurts and give him the hook for a guy with 20 career starts and a 37-11 to 11 touchdown to interception ratio playing for a terrible team. That's not too bad. So uh, I'm, I'm just a little concerned he might not start all 16 games uh, and not because of health. And then I don't like Daniel Jones. I know a lot of people are talking about this being a make-or-break season for, for the G-Man's young, young passer. And the team certainly went out and got him some new talent, including Kenny Galladay. But quite honestly, the receiving talent was never the issue in New York. And, and a return to health by, by Saquon Barkley, I think, is going to render the passing offense on the lower half of the NFL in volume. Uh, a solid defense. They have at least an above-average defense that should keep the team in games, especially with an easy division and an easier schedule. They should, they should have a reduced volume because of less garbage time this year, too. So I just don't see upside. He's got a very mediocre ceiling, and that makes Jones, to me, not worth a roster spot. Okay. How about a couple of sleepers and running back, Chris? Uh, we mentioned him earlier. I like Gus Edwards. You know, he was already on my sleeper list as an underrated guy with some potential, especially in, in TD-heavy scoring systems. And then the Dobbins injury thrust him in the limelight enough that you might not consider him a sleeper. But that being said, if his draft stock so far has risen to the level of where Dobbins had been, about the 16th or 18th running back overall, I'll contend that he should probably be rated even higher than that. Part of the reason Dobbins was only rated 16th or 18th was that he had to give up touches and goal line looks to, to a guy like Gus Edwards. But Edwards does not have that kind of vulture waiting behind him. So I think he could end up being worth a higher-end RB2 consideration in that offense and without competition for touches. And then they, uh, another guy that I'm, I'm a little bit higher on than most people is, uh, is uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, he's, you know, as impressive as rookie Javante Williams might be, I think the rumors of Melvin Gordon's fantasy death might be greatly exaggerated. Um, he's got a nose for the end zone, and he's a receiver. He's averaged 12 touchdowns and 45 catches for the last five years, all while theoretically splitting time with various backs as well. I think Williams is the future, but I think Gordon is more of the present than many people believe. And with an ADP of 32, 32nd running back in the eighth to tenth round, he's not going to cost you a lot to get a solid flex position at worst running back. Just remember also, it's the last year of a big money deal for Gordon. So if anything, I can see the Broncos running him into the ground since they're not going to re-sign him and bringing Williams along slowly as the bell cow of the future. That's a good point to make there. All right, a couple of sleeper running backs that I like this uh, this year, and we talked about him in a situation in New England, is Damian Harris. No more Sonny Michelle to pull uh, carries away or touches away from him early in the game. Now uh, James White will play on third downs, but now there's no Cam Newton to steal goal carries. So Damian Harris, I think, is going to get most of the goal carries. So we just moved him up our chart here, and I've got him uh, you know, right right in there, a high-end RB3 or a low-end RB2 now. Uh, Damian Harris is someone to target in your draft. Another hot guy that everyone 
one likes and I like too is Trey Sermon. Now, the issue here in, in 49erville, of course, is that you have an RBBC with Ronnie Mostert, and Mostert did look good in the last preseason game, but Mostert's never carried more than 137 times in any one season. He is fragile. He gets ankle injuries, uh, leg injuries. Uh, I, I think that Trey Sermon is going to impress just as much as Raheem Mostert or more, and I think he's going to last. I think uh, something's going to happen with Raheem, and I think by the end of uh, September, early October, whatnot, you're going to see most mostly Trey Sermon carrying that role there. So uh, it's not exactly a sleeper per se in terms of the low draft pick, because he will uh, require you to draft uh, draft in somewhere between six and eight round and all. But I think Trey Sermon is worth it. A couple of guys, are, uh, creepers for me, I'm, I want to avoid completely. <laughs> what we already draft. Chris is uh, David Johnson in, in Houston, who's now uh, relegated to the third now back role, and now the head coach of Houston has already come out and said, "Hey, it's going to be RBBC." Mark Ingram, Phil Lindsay, David Johnson. Ugh, it's one ugly headache. I just don't want to. I'm avoiding it everywhere else and in all my drafts. And of course, in Latavius Murray down in New Orleans, while well, he wasn't cut today, uh, they they cut Devonta Freeman, but uh, undrafted uh, Tony Jones. Uh, his, uh, his basically a leapfrog Latavius Murray is the number two running back Dalvin Kamara down there in New Orleans. That could change, but for right now, Murray's still on the team. It looks like Jones is going to be the number two, so I'm not drafting Latavius Murray. If you've got uh, Alvin Kamara earlier in the draft, then you can wait a little bit later and draft uh, Tony Jones in the latter part of your draft. All right, how about a couple of creepers uh, for running back, uh, Chris, that you're not crazy about? Uh, this is the guy that I actually really like. I just think he's being overdrafted, and that's Leonard Fournette. Um, after his playoff run last year, a lot of people are drafting him as the potential starter in this explosive Tampa offense. I just don't buy it yet. Uh, it's not like Ronald Jones wasn't very effective last year, and he, and he started and carried and outtouched Fournette significantly. He just got hurt, and I don't think there was a changing of the guard late in the year. Rojo is more explosive, more efficient, and quite frankly, a better goal line runner than the bigger Fournette. So when you couple this with the NFL's second-toughest run schedule and a passing game that should be the league best or could be the league best, I just don't see a big enough piece of a pie to merit Fournette being drafted where he is. So just be, be aware of that. And then we mentioned him earlier, Daryl Henderson uh, with the Sony Michelle thing. He's being drafted as an RB2 ever since Cam Akers went down, kind of a Gus Edwards treatment, if you will, because there was no other option on the roster, like you said with Gus. But Henderson's hurt yet again, and the team traded for the running back, Sony Michelle, who has looked better and is more experienced. So I think at best, Henderson's going to be in a committee, as McVay always prefers, with Michelle, and he'll give up goal line touches to him. But I think more likely, Michelle gets a larger cut of the RBBC, and Henderson becomes a third down back and an occasional change of pace in a pass-first offense, for my blood. Okay, how about a couple of wide receiver sleepers on your radar? Uh, I really like Robbie Anderson. He's getting underdrafted. Uh, last season on a new team with other options, he managed to be eighth in the NFL in both targets and catches and tacked on about 1,100 yards. But everyone forgets about him because he only found the end zone a strikingly low three times. Um, regression to the mean works in both directions. So I think that many touches should result in a high single-digit number of touchdowns. Uh, this season he lost in competition for touches with Curtis Samuel leaving town, and he's reunited with Sam Darnold, which, with whom he had a better touchdown success despite not playing a lead role with the Jets. I think he's going to outperform his wide receiver 34 ninth-round ADP, especially in PPR. And then I also like Michael Gallup. I mean, make no mistake, he should not be drafted anywhere near as high as CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper. But this offense can clearly support three receivers, and he stands a very good chance of producing 3,000-yard guys uh, on the same team in the same year. Most have him projected just under 1,000 yards. But I think this is due to the assumption he's going to play third fiddle behind the other two. Even a short-term injury to one of those guys thrusts him into every week's starter status. So 
So even as a number three on his team, he's going to outperform some teams' number twos by far. Um, he can be drafted as a fifth or sixth receiver for your squad in the 10th or 12th round. This is the kind of high upside guy you want on the end of your bench, especially in best ball leagues, that will provide a much better return on investment than the, even the two starters. Okay, a couple of sleepers I like this uh, this uh, this season uh, coming up uh, that you can draft in the middle of rounds of your draft anywhere from probably around seven later, uh, maybe as late as nine, ten, eleven, somewhere around there, depending on uh, the size of your of your draft and your league. Mike Williams for the Chargers. Uh, Justin Herbert said, "Hey, we got to get Mike, uh, Big Mike's more uh, more uh, targets. I think that's going to happen. The question is whether he's going to stay healthy or not. Uh, if he does, I think he really could surprise and push a thousand yards to the receiving. Yep, he could. Uh, he's got that uh, big body, make those big catches in the end zone, the corner. Uh, lots of good potential there. And over in Jacksonville, everyone is still drafting DJ Chart earlier, and now uh, Lavisca Chenault gets a lot of uh, press. But Marvin Jones, Mr. Underrated." Uh, he's fallen a couple of rounds behind those guys, and he is Trevor Lawrence's uh, favorite target this pre- preseason. Now, he's in, he is dinged with a shoulder injury, and, of course, D.J. Chark has missed with a uh, hand the entire preseason. Uh, however, both of the uh, players, Jones and Chark, Urban Meyer, just said they're going to be ready for week one. I like uh, Jones a lot. I'm targeting him in a lot of drafts as my uh, WR4 or 5 uh, good, good, uh, very good potential there. A couple of guys I'm staying away from uh, like to play. Marquise Brown, hamstring injury, just now getting back on the field for for Baltimore. Not sure if they're going to going to play or not. I don't think he can, he can stay uh, stay healthy enough. And also, it's just inconsistent play uh, connection between him and Lamar Jackson. They look great one one play, and then they're just totally I think another. I'm avoiding that situation. And also with uh, Marquise Callaway getting so much press down in New Orleans, I know that uh, Traquan Smith, when healthy, and he's not right now, is going to probably start because Michael Thomas is on the pup list and for the first six weeks of the season. But I don't trust Smith to produce, so I'd either target Marcus Callaway in a draft or avoid and avoid a Traquan Smith. So if I don't get Callaway, I'm not going to default and fall to Smith. Uh, I'd rather uh, grab somebody else uh, like Mike Williams or Marvin Jones. Anyway, uh, those are the situations here. Anyway, uh, what about a couple of wide receiver creepers for you, Chris? Yeah, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but T.Y. Hilton makes that list right now. I mean, reports about, you know, him expecting to miss potentially a significant amount of time with his upper back or neck injury. This is not good for a guy that's had his share of injuries the last few years and is a contract year on the wrong side of 30. Uh, the, the, the fact is that despite his career accomplishments and name recognition, he's in one of the deepest wide receiver rooms in the NFL and playing for a team that's going to be low-volume passing and that spreads the ball around. I love watching him play, and he's a great best ball lock if the Colts are playing Houston, but he's undraftable right now without some more clarity on a return date. Uh, and then I don't like, on the other end of the age spectrum, I don't like rookie Jamar Chase. Uh, I know he was the most talented receiver at LSU, even though he played with Justin Jefferson in the room. Uh, and I know that he's reunited, reunited with his college quarterback. But Chase has been spectacularly unspectacular so far in camp. And, and he's showing some of the usual rookie jitters, as well as some serious rust after sitting out 2020. In any case, he's being drafted about one to three rounds ahead of teammate T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, both of whom I think are going to outproduce the rookie this year. I think he's going to be a great NFL wide receiver. I just don't know if it'll be this year, and he's not worth the draft capital as compared to his cheaper teammate, in my opinion. Okay, how about a couple of tight end sleepers from you? Uh, I'm going to go another uh, old guy, Rob Gronkowski. I'm, I'm kind of surprised with his name recognition and the Tampa Super Bowl run is not vaulted him higher in ADP, but he's still barely being drafted as a tight end, too. 
Um, after a slow first two games last year, he was number four in tight end receiving yards and number four in touchdowns, despite a much lower target share than usual. So I think a full season preparing with this offense should make him at least as good, and he has some definite touchdown scoring upside as well in this offense. Great best baller backup guy and has starting tight end potential at a very late round price. Worth noting, in Brady's extended action in the final preseason game, Gronk took every snap and route at tight end that Brady was on the field. Uh, and then I like Austin Hooper. He was not a primary target and not in a very pass-happy system, but nonetheless, he was on pace for 60 catches, 800 yards, and six touchdowns last year before missing a few games at the end in his first year in Cleveland. Now, supposedly the Browns are going to target him more, and while the return of OBJ will draw targets, it'll also mean higher quality targets for Hooper, especially in the red zone. So if Hooper does anything close to his 60 to 806 pace in 2021, he's going to far outpace his tight end number 22 ADP in the 15th round. I like I like it, Hooper. I got him as a, a tight end two uh, in one of my drafts this this summer. Uh, okay, a uh, couple of sleepers that I like this uh, year and uh, really like them. Logan Thomas, love uh, love him. Uh, converted uh, you know into the tight end position, uh, caught everything uh, thrown his way. Fitzpatrick has been uh, targeting him uh, often in practice as well in preseason. I think he's really going to produce. It's going to cost you maybe a six, seven, eight round pick or whatnot. Uh, at least in the FFPC format. Uh, that's why I'm thinking primary uh, premium tight end uh, pick, six round there. You could get him seven, eight, nine somewhere in a regular uh, uh, tight end required league. And uh, if you want a real deep late round sleeper, C.J. Uzma for the Bengals, I kid you not, they think he's going to catch about 50 passes down there. Cincinnati, they're, of course, they got a lot of good wide receivers, the, the trio there, but like Chris said, Chase is a little bit uh, struggling. Uh, I think C.J. is going to be the uh, safety outlet there for Burrow. He's going to catch a lot of passes. You can certainly get him as a tight end, too, very late in your draft, or even a tight end three in a premium tight end system. Um, a couple of uh, – Creepers, in my mind, at tight end position. Dawson Knox now, of course, the big news in, in Buffalo today was J- J- Jacob Hollister being released. So that locks uh, Dawson Knox into the starting job. But he's just an inconsistent player, uh, will look good one minute and disappear for games on end. Uh, you know, why, why deal with something like that? I'm just avoiding it completely. And, of course, I already mentioned Adam Troutman. Not even sure if he's going to be part of the passing game there. they got Juwan Johnson is making some uh, waves and, and getting some buzz in camp, uh, you know, for being the pass catcher for the Saints. So I don't trust Adam Troutman. Uh, you could draft somebody else better. I, I, I go with Guzma over Troutman, and you can get him in the last. Uh, dra- last round of your draft. Um, how about uh, you, Chris? A uh, couple of tight end creepers. I'm going to use a couple of f words here. Uh, start with Anthony Ferkser. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> I didn't see why everyone was going so gaga about him in the preseason. And the preseason usage and snaps and practice are showing that Ferkser might be a committee tight end at best in Tennessee. The fact that they have Henry at the goal line and two giant wide receiver targets mean his red zone potential is not as high as Johnny Smith's was in previous years in Nashville. He also won't be in on the red zone looks to take advantage of play-action fakes to, to Henry because he's not a good enough blocker to be the guy in there under those conditions. I think it's a wasted pick if you take him. And then I'll go with Pat Fryermuth. Uh, we talked a little bit about him last week after his big game against Detroit in the preseason, but let's just pump the brakes a bit on the rookie's bust for Canton uh, going in here. First of all, he's not even the best receiving tight end on his own team. Secondly, there are three really good fantasy receivers already in that huddle, so he won't be a primary option on any route when he's in there. And finally, the team is committed to running the ball more with their new rookie running back. So any success by this offense is predicated on an oft-injured 39-year-old quarterback also staying on the field. So you want to draft Friar Fry- Fry- Muth, you go right ahead, but I'm not wasting a pick on him. 
Okay, so that wraps up our creeper sleeper force portion of this uh, show. And uh, I know we've gone over, but we've still got a few minutes left that we can go ahead and cover some uh, late last-minute draft strategies. Uh, Chris, uh, what do you have for our listeners? Okay, just got a few things. First of all, overall, remember you always should zig when others zag. That's where the value lies. And late-round picks, like I mentioned earlier, should be high upside guys, even if they have a low floor. You might lose a guy by like Cam Newton, but you might also get a guy that comes out of nowhere to be a stud for you. Uh, then a little bit of each position. The quarterback, there's nine no-brainer starters, so don't be one of the first to grab one, but make sure you get one of those. Rushing quarterbacks means there are more guys with high-end potential later in the draft. So, again, go upside for your number two. As far as running backs go, bell cow running backs are scarce, so get two if you can in the first three rounds. Depends on how the draft falls and what the position is. Wide receivers are thin at the top, but very deep at wide receiver two through three, so get RBs early and heavy wide receivers in rounds two through eight. And then finally at tight end, if you don't pay up and get a top four, maybe five if you include Andrews at tight end, I think you should wait a long time as the next batch is big and kind of a crapshoot. That's some kind of overall uh, strategies that I think you want to take with this year's draft. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we offer our week number one preview, yes, with picks to click and flick for your starting lineup. And want to make sure that everyone understands that most likely we will be going right back to our normal uh, 8, uh, what is it, 8 p.m. time uh, slot. Uh, <laughs> it's been so long since we've done that. 8 p.m. Pacific, I believe, uh, 11, uh, 11 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, anyway, correct. we'll get all that figured out, and we'll put it out on the site when we're going to do our week one preview. But it will be a, 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 a later evening start. Anyway, good night, good luck, and to everyone still drafting, and uh, football's back, baby. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Mazarak, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.